This is the home of Australian rugby, and this is the official Fox Rugby Podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to another Fox Sports Rugby Podcast, and what a podcast it is going to be. We're going to be talking to Exeter Chiefs stars Nick White, who's hoping to come home and make the Wallabies for the Rugby World Cup. And also his Exeter teammate Dave Tennis, both of them. Hopefully will be a Twickenham. They got through the semi-final victory over Northampton in the Gallagher Premiership final over the weekend. And it's all happening at Twickenham midnight, our time, Eastern Australian time on Saturday night on Fox Sports, live coverage of the big final, Saracens versus Exeter. So we'll look out for that. And we're also going to be hearing from Jack Maddox from the uh, the Rebels, another one uh, well and truly in line for a Rugby World Cup berth with the uh, Wallabies oh, as well. All right, hang on a moment. We've been hijacked. Isn't, isn't this the voiceover man? The voiceover <laughs> man's um, leading us in here. Nick's, Nick's uh, looking a little bit different, and I'm a little bit confused as to what's going on, Christy. Greg Clark with you. I was just walking past, and someone said, do you want to pop in? The Gate hot crash. seat is available because Nick uh, McArdle is travelling the country talking to uh, David Pocock after the uh, big announcement that he's going to be uh, concentrating solely now on getting fit for the World Cup and he will not be playing again for the uh, Brumbies in 2019 or in uh, future years. Uh, so Nick's on the road. He is on the road. And I, well, what an upgrade we've had, firstly. Yeah, I understand. Um, can we just paint a picture? There's been some quite fierce negotiations to get you over the line. I understand, Clarky. Christy was talking to your agent and uh, there was a lot going on behind the scenes. Yes, but uh, nothing <laughs> nothing was sorted, so here I am. There's a few oysters uh, around the, the podcast room, so some sort of deal's been struck, clearly. Well, I might have to do this a bit often. We're going to be going out this evening just to celebrate, Clarky, but also for me to pay a, a bet, um, a about a year ago it was, were though, that uh, I lost. I don't know why I made this bet, but the Reds I tipped to beat the Hurricanes over across the ditch in, in Wellington. So we're going to have some bubbles later on. Yeah, revenge is a dish best served cold and apparently a bet is as well. Um, so you've come through with the goods, Christy, about a year later. And, um, yeah, it wasn't probably your smartest bet, but they did almost actually win that game. So well played. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll enjoy it together. Thanks. Looking I, forward to that. I wish we had a camera here because um, yeah. uh, this chair is much bigger than... The other chairs in the room. So this is obviously Nick McArdle's chair. I, I feel like the I've throne. won a sort of mini Game of Thrones. I'm sort of the, the <laughs> you're, you're feeling the a man. bit uh, Bran Starker. Yeah, yeah, I'm on the, the man on the throne. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> anyway. Christy doesn't watch that show, so he's he's got nothing. Okay. It's straight over the head. But in all seriousness, some huge news today. Uh, David Pocock, what a champion he's been. Uh, he's opted to to concentrate as as Clarky as you just alluded to to concentrate solely on making uh, making it. At the, at the Rugby World Cup uh, and perhaps hopefully the Rugby Championship as well. He's been, what, struck down by his calf injury for many, many weeks. So a huge uh, moment in Australian rugby. Yeah, very, very strange, frustrating um, year for David Pocock. He did the calf. He was one of a few players who did uh, did their calves at the Wallabies pre-season camp and aggravated it um, after playing a couple of games and just hasn't been able to get it right. It's uh, They're calling it a rare calf injury and, um, yeah, just, just very, very frustrating. But he's still, to me, I don't know what you you guys think, thought, but uh, to me, he still sounded pretty confident that he'd be right for the Rugby World Cup. Yeah, well, they certainly didn't want to risk it by getting him back onto the park too soon and playing for the Brumbies again. So put a line through the Brumbies, although he is part of the, the squad. And if the Brumbies go on and win the title this year, he will be claiming it because uh, he's one of the uh, contracted players and he has played three games for them uh, this year. So he's hoping to go out on a high at the Brumbies. He's played 77 test matches and he is desperate to get back onto the park. I think they've given him a few little milestones or a little sort of indicators along the way uh, as to how far he can push the the calf and clearly uh, he's in no position to to push it that hard that he's going to be able to play Super Rugby. So, yep, let's hope he's there for the Rugby Championship, but in particular the Rugby World Cup because, uh, you know, I'd have him in there, no doubt about that. And, um, you know, he's he's a pro. He, he's going to be fit, OK? He hasn't been playing any, any rugby, but if yeah. he gets 
over this calf injury, he'll be ready to go in Wallaby Gold. Yeah, 100%. So I think the problem probably is his calves are too big. He's such a muscle-bound uh, character. Must be yeah, just, just quite a unique um, build that he's got. But, yeah, I, I think he will be there, and let, let's hope he, he is. Um, what, what happens beyond that um, is, is still reasonably unclear. He'll, he'll play for Panasonic Wild Knights that much we do know. Um, whether or not If he's fit. If he's fit, um, yeah, whether or not he plays another test for the Wallabies after the World Cup, it, it, yeah, his, his interview with the, the Canberra Times suggested that's highly unlikely. So, yeah, let, let's just uh, hope we've already lost, you know, some good players, the likes of Damien McKenzie, Sean O'Brien, scrubbed out of the World Cup. Um, Israel Folau won't be there. So, yeah, let's hope we don't lose too many more of these these great stars of the world game. I want to I want to give uh, David Pocock a huge rap. I remember when he went across from uh, Brisbane, finished a year 12 at uh, Churchy. He played centre for, for Churchy and he was uh, alongside Quade Cooper, went to the Western Force and uh, they had to get special permission from the Australian Rugby Union, as it was known at the time, to uh, allow him to play because he was only 17 years of age and he has been uh, an unbelievable player and obviously he's had the knee reconstructions, he's had a lot of injuries over the years, but uh, he... Uh, he was probably the, apart from George Smith, the only one that you you can put alongside Richie McCaw if, you, if you're comparing like for like. Yeah, I think you'd have to agree. And you look at some of the colossal, colossus performances that he's had over the, over the years. I, I, what's the one that strikes for you? For me, I would think South Africa or the, what was the quarterfinal of the 2011 World Cup. Where Unbelievable. Just kept the Wallabies in the game. Yeah, one man band over, over the ball, but we've seen so much of that uh, over the years. I mean, the strength of the man over the ball was quite incredible, but I've also been impressed with just the way that he's been able to come back from uh, from injuries and just uh, you know use all that professionalism to to make sure he's in peak order. I mean, he's uh, been able to uh, obviously work within the system with the medical people, but he's also gone outside the system uh, if he thinks that someone around Australia, someone around the world, can give him that little bit of extra edge when it comes to fitness and performance, he's been prepared to either put his hand in his own pocket and fly somewhere to talk to some expert. He's just been so focused on making sure that he is the ultimate professional and he gets 110% out of his body each and every week. So, you know, uh, you just have to take your hat off to the hat off to the guy. I've been really impressed as well, the the way that he's adapted to playing number eight. Um, it's clearly not his preferred position and can't be easy having to swap no. there every, every time he goes to the Wallabies. But he's really improved, his, to me, his running and, and passing skills. And, yeah, while, while it's not perfect, like he is, is a, a number seven. I think he's becoming a very good test number eight as well. Where, if David Pocock, and it's, it seems like it's a week by week proposition as to whether or not he's fit enough, but would you, if he's not going to play for perhaps the pool rounds of the World Cup, maybe you make a calculated decision going, let's back our, our players to get us through to those knockout stages and make sure that Poey is fit for a quarter or a semi-final. Would you contemplate doing that, given how how important he is? And, he, and when he's on the field, he's probably in the top five players in the world. First of all, I'd like to think, like David, that he will be available for the, the rugby championship. I'm hoping it won't be coming right down to the wire in September. In fact, uh, I'd... I'd worry a little bit about that if he if he didn't start the the, the Rugby World Cup uh, campaign. What I'd like to know, if you don't mind me just changing the uh, line of thinking a little bit, would you have both David Pocock and Michael Hooper in in the uh, the, the same Wallaby team? I would, and my reasoning is that when you we won the World Cup in 1991, and when we won the World Cup in 1999, probably at least half of the Wallabies would have made a World mm. Cup or a World 15. Yeah. Uh, Hooper and, and Pocock clearly are two of uh, the best players in, in the world. So I don't think we're in a position to to not have both of them on the field. So I'd be happy, Hooper 7 and uh, Pocock 8. So I'll put it out there. Yeah, I agree 100%. It's interesting that a lot of um, the, the talent here at Fox, um, I'm not sure exactly, but the likes of Phil Kearns, Rod Kafer, they're leaning towards having um, having one of them on the bench. But to me, I completely agree. Australia doesn't have enough world-class players to have the luxury of one of them on the bench, especially now losing Israel Folau, um and Pocock and Hooper to me. Um, while it's not the perfect uh, setup in terms of your line-out and, and maybe the size of, of your back row, I think the two of them and then someone like a Lukan Salakaya Loto, I think that's the best back row that Australia can put out. 
I, I'm going to – I'm probably like most people in the country. I've kind of ummed and ahed about it for a long time. But I, I'm actually leaning now towards having one of them come off the bench. And, and I think we saw – we've seen the All Blacks for a few years now have Artie Surveyor come off the bench and add supreme impact coming on with 30 minutes to go. And I don't mind that idea. Uh, I think if, if, if Hoops wasn't captain um, and – if if Poey was fit, I would be starting yeah. David Pocock. But given that Hooper is captain, I would be making sure that I think you need some stability in the in the playing group. The Wallabies have already lost Israel Folau for the year. Poey's a fifty fifty week proposition. I think you need some stability there with your leadership. Um, so I would probably be leaning towards Hooper with Pocock coming off the bench for, with with thirty to go. And speaking speaking to to Bob Dwyer, the, the famous ninety one <coughs> World Cup winning coach. Earlier today, he had made some interesting comments by saying that Dave Brockoff, the, the previous great Wallaby coach himself, spoke about the idea of not ever having a utopia in the back row, that it's very difficult to get that. And and it is – you look at the balance of it and for, for quite a few years there has been some shortcomings um, with with the Ford pack and I think Michael Checkers could be leaning towards having – some bigger players. You look at that Waratahs side of 14 when they were very successful in Super Rugby. They had big guys in the front row. They had Jacques Boyd-Gita. They had Wycliffe Palu. They had Tataffa Pilota now. I think they need a bit more strength up front. Well, I think now it is a conversation again because clearly Czech favoured having them both in the starting lineup. But uh, Michael O'Connor, when he came on board... Um, quite clearly said, look, I, th- I think that's an area that they need to revisit again. So, um, not, yeah, no idea what Scott Johnson's thoughts on the topic are. So it's it's wide open for debate, that one, and it's, uh, it, you know, one of the biggest burning questions uh, within that selection room, I think. I get it that you need, uh, in an ideal world, some big ball carriers, um, but I want to see what number six and what number eight is is going to give you more than uh, David, David Pocock. Yep. Apart yep. from a height in the line out, but if you've got your, your four and five as your jumpers and, and, and a tall six, you know, they, they, there's three jumpers. Michael Hooper has been, you know, uh, used in the line out from, from time to time um, at a necessity, I guess, but, uh, you know, they can lift him pretty high. So uh, it's all in front of us, I guess. But anyway, to David Pocock, thank you for your contribution in uh, Super Rugby. I've had the pleasure of calling him over the years and uh, he's been uh, quite amazing, even though he's missed all those games for the, for the Brumbies. But whenever he's out there, it's always something special. You know what you're going to get. So uh, let's hope that he gets into uh, Wallaby Gold a little later on. What about on the other injury front? Carmichael Hunt has been... Uh, cleared uh, as in he doesn't have to have an operation but clearly that was a pretty serious knee injury the other night so they're saying maybe four to uh, to eight weeks for him so he won't appear in Super Rugby again but we think that uh, the Czech likes him uh, as a as a, uh, a centre so uh, you never know he might be in that World Cup squad uh, a little later on, but where's he going to get the form from? Yeah, you had, you had a chat to him last night, didn't you, Chris? You're out there at Bankwest Stadium on the weekend. You feared the worst initially. You thought, okay, this this could be uh, the actual year ending. Um, so while it's Super Rugby season in, I think you spoke to him last night, Christy, and um, he's yeah hoping that he can put his hand up uh, for the World Cup at the very least. Yeah, I had a, just a couple of messages, exchanges with him, and and he yeah he was a little bit scared about what was going on. Um, Clearly, you look at his facial reactions and, and it, he certainly fe- feared the worst. So, yeah, he said that he was very relieved to not require surgery four to eight weeks. You, you never know. That could be if it's on the shorter side and somehow the Waratahs scrape into the finals, you never quite know. I don't think that will happen. But um, clearly the, the first Wallabies game is, I think it's July 20 South African time, July 21st Australian time. So that's in, what, eight, nine weeks. So uh, he'll be pushing to get back in there. But, yeah, you're right, Clarkie. I think Michael Checker spoke to him regularly last year uh, when he was, you know, out in the abyss and certainly disregarded by Brad Thorne. So I think that's an indication that Czech does like him. And what kind of role Michael, uh, Carmichael Hunt plays, you don't really know. I don't suspect he's going to be starting, but he could provide a bench player and he's got a lot of experience in, in high-pressure games. So you you want depth. You want as many players available as possible. That's that's the good thing. And uh, Will Genia? Uh, mm. Concussed last uh, weekend in uh, Tokyo, so uh, he's got to be in some sort of doubt for the big uh, blockbuster match on Friday night here in Australia. Rebels versus Waratah, so hopefully Jack Maddox will be able to uh, give us an update on that when uh, he joins us on the Fox Sports podcast uh, shortly. 
And, uh, you know, Will Gennier and uh, Nick Phipps uh, or if uh, Jake Gordon uh, gets plenty of time again, that's going to be uh, a key matchup, isn't it, the, the number nines? Um, but so many key matchups coming up uh, this weekend as well. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to, to that and the next three weeks of the run to the the playoffs. Interesting times. What did you make of last weekend? The, the Tars needed to win that. To me, against the Haguaris, and I've seen it the last couple of weeks, uh, they've been saying that the, the matches are pretty much do or die. They, they don't seem to be playing what's in front of them. They, they, they just look like they've got the weight of the world on their, on their shoulders and, you know, they're just trying to... Uh, it, it, to me, a couple of times they missed an opportunity to actually chance their their, their arm. So, uh, and it's no disgrace losing to the Haguaris. They're a good team at the moment. They'd be what one of the top two, top three teams in in Super Rugby, and they played it smart. They played the territory game. They held on to the pill, and uh, the Waratahs only had twenty nine percent possession in that uh, in that first half. So, it was a win to the uh, the Haguaris, and uh, they're looking pretty good for a home quarter-final if they keep this going. Looking better than pretty good, aren't they? They're, they're a national team. Pole, pole position, yeah. No, well, here we'll get to maybe Kenzie's comments in a second, but that that, that hurts to Waratahs fans, I think, to, to say, look, the Haguaros are just a better team, but I think that is the reality. I don't think the Waratahs played all that badly. I just think they, uh, as you wrote about as well, they're, they're missing those dominant um, forwards that, that they had back in their title-winning days to, to sit you know, a, a rival player on their backside and, and, and then create the momentum for a turnover over and, and then obviously missing Israel Folau as well at the moment so yeah, I, I don't think they played particularly badly I think that was just simply a case of the better team yep. won and, and the Waratahs are going to have to do some recruitment for next season obviously the Folau money will, will free up some some spending money there and yeah they need to go back into the market. Uh, LaRue Roots they had hopes for getting getting him over but unfortunately he hasn't been cited um, uh, having a few troubles getting to the, the speed of the game I think over here so yeah look that, that just is the reality that they this season there's been a lot of near misses I don't think they've Actually played well. They've lost. Mu- I don't think they played much worse than last season, really. But they've they've just uh, haven't been able to win those close ones. Their biggest defeat is what I think it's eight eight, eight yeah. points. Like that's remarkable to be having so many tight narrow defeats. Um, yeah, I, I just think that they they're having to work so hard for every every bit of yardage. They they compete at every scrum at every line out. There is nothing easy for these guys, and um, they're, they're a good mobile pack. But they need a couple of big guys in and around them and unfortunately they don't have those uh, and therefore they spread the ball out wide and they've got some guys that are light on their feet and they're good playmakers but they don't have a, a Naya Voro who just yeah, by the way broke broke a record in English Premiership Rugby over the weekend 102 defenders he's beaten now throughout the season which is just goes to show that this guy was a, a wrecking ball and is a wrecking ball wherever he goes so they've lost that man they've lost Izzy Folau for half the season and unfortunately you know people are calling for oh is, is Daryl Gibson the man and should he be there and should they have a review well Roger Davis today uh, firmly said that that's not going to happen and the chairman yeah the, the chairman of New South Wales Rugby and and you and you feel a little bit of sympathy here for for Daryl Gibson because I think throughout all this he's actually probably he's he's shown um, a lot of he's handled this situation pretty well because he's been drawn, handed a pretty bad cards. Uh, this year losing, losing Falao and the drama around it last year too. Yeah, well, if you just look um, uh, through the the try, try scoring, um, BL3, Clark 2, Falao had scored four before uh, his uh, situation evolved and he's still the uh, equal leading try scorer. Curtis Rona coming on and taking his opportunities. He's got four. Nick Phipps has got three. Well, last year, Naya Ravoro had, what was it, 15 and I think uh, Falao had 10. Yeah. So they haven't been able to um, to you know match that obviously, but yeah, eight losses all by eight points or less. And um, Michael Hooper said he's just sick and tired of looking up at the seventy minute mark uh, and seeing them so close, but pretty much always behind in those in those close games. So uh, frustration for for them. But um, also last week, I think there were nine or ten handling errors, and they were crucial. Yeah. And that's what I mean. They they just look like um, you know they they're, they're forcing that last pass uh, because it, they've got pressure on them. You know, it's do or die. And I just like to, now that uh, maybe mathematically they can make the playoffs, but I just think now hopefully they'll just kick back and say let's let's 
have a crack. Yeah. You know, let's throw the dice and, and, and see what happens. And uh, who knows? Maybe that's, uh, that, that just could be uh, what, what's needed just to take a bit of the pressure off and, and, and uh, play what's in, in front of them. And who knows? They still might sneak into the eight. Well, the one thing they do have going for them is that they play the Rebels and the Brumbies. So if they can topple both of them, clearly they'll have to beat the Highlanders as well. Um, you know, it, it's not complete pie-in-the-sky stuff to me. Like, I think some people have completely written them off. If they, you know, they, they're capable of beating their domestic rivals and that would... Keep the dream alive. Well, Will Genia is going to, if he's, uh, we'll find out about his fitness in a moment. And uh, Jack Maddox might be able to fill us in. So he is the Wallabies. Dr. Jack, doing doing his medical degree down there. You're listening to the Fox Rugby Podcast. Well, it's great to have Jack Maddox from the Melbourne Rebels on the Fox Sports Podcast. Safely back from uh, Japan, and you bagged a, a couple of tries up there, Jack, and it was a record score for the Rebels and a record-winning margin. So I guess everything went to plan, did it? Yeah, it did. Um, I think a little stat which we got thrown after the game was that sort of equals our most successful year as a club in terms of wins, and um, we got three games to go, so... Yeah, it was definitely a positive trip for us. I think we built a. It, was, it came at a good time to sort of get away a little bit and, you know, help build those strong connections. I think um, on a trip like that, everyone sort of gels together a bit more and um, forms those closer bonds, I guess. And um, I think towards the back end of the year, that'll really hold us in good stead. It seems like the the club stayed pretty calm, even when there was a few losses there mid season. Dave was, you know, maybe a bit frustrated, but um, it seems like everyone down there stayed pretty calm and believed in what what they were doing. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I think so. Um, to be honest, when we had a couple losses, we just felt like we didn't sort of deliver the best style of rugby that we can, and so I guess the reason for that calmness was due to the fact that we know what we can do. And I guess this year, a lot of the focus has been on ourselves. And, you know, we know if we can play the way we, we want to play, that will be hard to stop. So, yeah, I think we, like, I, I don't feel like personally I've ever walked off a field this year and thought, you know, they were way better than us. They were better than us. I think, you know, a lot of our losses have come down to us not executing you know, sort of the way we want to play. So when we get that right, we know that, um, you know, we can go up against anyone. Jack, is is all the victory all it needed was for you to get on the on the scoreboard, mate? Because I know that, or uh, well, firstly, back at ten, so you equal try scorer. So you must be pretty pleased that you've knocked off Falau Fyanga, who I don't know how as a hooker is leading the, was leading the comp. <laughs> Well, they're equal at the moment. Yeah, he hasn't got them yet. And, and Jack, can I say, um, you've probably heard the story, mate, that uh, I didn't play for the Wallabies, but I, I probably could have. Um, but no, I actually played um, two games for Queensland sub-districts, but I was, I was a back, okay? And yeah. in my time, and also commentating, I have never seen a forward win the top try um, scoring for the year, so mate, you've got a bit of pressure so on you there. Is it up to me? Is it? <laughs> yes, mate. It's all you. It's all you. For Laufrang, a beautiful man, the, the great a great one, a great yeah. hooker. But you're both on but ten tries. So come on, Jack. Score, can we? <laughs> <laughs> flying, flying the flag. But but in all seriousness, though, it must be good for you to be back playing regularly because you, you clearly you had the head knock against the Waratahs and and you're up against them this weekend too. Yeah, well, I, I think I had a bit of a bit of a frustrating time just sort of coming out of the back of it now but after we played the um the sun wolves at home i uh, had a bit of a tweak in my knee and then missed the next week and then came back to the waratahs and only lasted one minute in that game and then we had a bye the next week so i only really played like what two minutes in four weeks so um yeah and then coming out of that it, it's it's sort of hard to refind your your mojo a little bit um but i think i had a couple of good conversations last week with a couple of our key players and I think just going back to basics for me personally in terms of trying to just be involved in the game I think I was sort of letting it pass me by a little bit so yeah I started to feel um you know a bit more natural and instinctive on the weekend and um yeah I thought you know the things went the way well from our team's point of view it was a good game for us and I was sort of happy, I felt more comfortable out on the field than I had in previous weeks. 
Looked like a terrific atmosphere as it always does over there in Tokyo. It's a bit of a shame looking on that we're going to lose the Sunwolves because it looks like one of the best atmospheres in Super Rugby at the moment. Yeah, definitely. It's a huge shame from like the players' point of view because it's the best trip of the year and it's so it's it's just something different. I mean, going to New Zealand, for example, is be nice here. I'm, I'm a Kiwi, yeah. uh, Jake. Be nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad thing, but it's like <laughs> Brisbane, Wellington, you know, all those places. Whereas Japan's something completely out, outside the box, and um, the people are so good over there. The crowds are amazing, and everyone's so polite. So it's definitely, you know, like even a couple of us boys had a game of golf on Wednesday at this country club, and it's just amazing. Like just the the culture and style of you know style of life over there is something different. And I think. You know, everyone enjoys getting over and just diving headfirst into that sort of thing. And you and you guys got trumped a little bit on the on the way back with. Um, yeah, we did. Talk us checked. talk us through that, and 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 how did you deal with the situation about getting onto your flight? Um. So we we I was, we, t- we sort of heard that Trump was coming to town, but <laughs> he was actually staying. Only I looked it up on Google where he was staying. It's only six hundred fifty meters from us. But um, staying in the last part of town. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, Sansa sets us up nicely. But um, I think, yeah, I, we didn't really expect it to, it to have any bearing on us. And I remember at one point during the game, it was actually when Willie, Willie G was down um, and a helicopter flew over the stadium. I was like, I'm not flying out, surely. And then I was like, oh, that's probably, I was like, that's probably here for Trump. And then, um, you know, I got back into the got my head back in the game and straight after the field, we walked off and had our little post-game chat and sung the song and then the manager stood up and said, um, there's been a few road closures, so we're going to do it differently. We've got to get two trains and everyone was in a pretty good mood, so everyone started cheering when he said that. But <laughs> when we had to walk to the station with all our luggage, um, yeah, everyone wasn't so cheerful then. How did Willie G handle that? Because clearly he was he was flawed. Um, so how did he cope with managing to you know get to you surely usually in the past you'd be catching a, a bus i dare say to wherever you need to go but what moving between platforms was he was he all right yeah he was all right um i think you know willie is always pretty switched on and i was actually surprised when i came back into the change rooms just how how normal he was i thought he's because he looked so bad on the field but then i came back and he was his normal self again so um yeah he actually handled it all good and yeah, lucky, lucky he's in a good shape. Yeah, well, talk a little bit more about uh, Will and uh, his um, chances of playing on the weekend. But can I just go back a little bit? You, you mentioned golf um, and life on the road for uh, players. You know, it's, it can be a little bit mundane with all the training. So golf seems to be the big thing. I know um, the Waratahs are f- you know, can't wait to get out. They went to South Africa and played Sun City and they played in, you know, in Joburg. Um, how are you hitting them and, and what sort of role does it play uh, golf in in touring life and 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 the rebels. I know Quade's passionate as well, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, um, we are. So first off, personally, I'm not hitting them too great. Um, <laughs> Join the club. But yeah, I think it's a good op- opportunity just for everyone. It's like a relaxing environment, but it's also just a good fun way to sort of explore places. I think um, you know, obviously, everywhere you go presents a different course, and for us, it was really a good chance to. Um, we so when we landed early Wednesday morning, Mike Harris, the old Rebels player, came and picked us up and drove us out. So um, yeah, that was a really good opportunity for us to sort of catch up with him. A uh, few, but I think it was Hodgie, myself, Matt Tamura, and and um, and Mikey. So all of us knew him, and not a, you know we hadn't seen him in a while. So it was especially good in Japan to catch up with him and just sort of. It was very different sort of atmosphere of the course in Japan. Like it was a country club, and obviously over there, it's such a, I guess, rich sport. Um, yeah, it was different to playing at Burnley up the road here, where we always play. We just rock up in, you know, whatever you want. It was very official. <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was a pretty cool experience. So yeah, I think it's it's just a like I, it's a relaxing way to sort of spend your day off, and I don't know, boys just. Boys just love it for some reason. Jack, uh, I think all of us uh, around the table here at Fox Sports uh, are pretty well convinced that uh, you're going to be at the Rugby World Cup in some capacity, uh, you know, in, in the in the the Wallaby squad. So uh, what about Japan? How did you find the uh, uh, the food? And um, I, know you don't what, go, I, know, I know you don't go to bars, but, you know, the restaurants, uh, the life, uh, the, the pace, how did you find it all? Yeah, it's great. I love it over there. Um, there's... 
definitely worst countries I could think of being in for a lot. You know, what is it? The World Cup, six, seven weeks or something. So, mm. um, yeah, it, it's definitely a very accommodating place and the people are, you know, so polite and stuff. I actually had a good story. Um, I think it was the night before the game, I missed dinner, so I had to get Uber Eats and um, I got I got it delivered and I said I was in the lobby and I was the guy had turned up and for like 10 minutes I was messaging him, but he couldn't speak English. I was saying, I'm in the lobby, I'm in the lobby. And then I worked, he sent back to me saying, are you actually, uh, he said, I'm in the lobby. And then I looked up and I was like, oh no, I'm actually not in the lobby. I'm down <laughs> on the street. So I felt terrible. So he came down and he gave me my food and he was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for making you wait. And I was like, mate, that was my fault. Like in Australia, you're getting sprayed for that. But I think that's just a good reflection of how nice the people are over there and how respectful they are. Uh, they are an amazing uh, country. I think Matt Ghetto left his uh, wallet uh, on the on the Shenkan Sen uh, not long ago, packed with yen. He's on pretty good coin, um, and yeah, got got, yeah. got returned to him. Um, I think they even cleaned it for him. <laughs> it's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, ne- even next on, even on Wednesday, we we'll I bought like twelve brand new Pro V ones, which are um, you like lost them all. Expensive gold falls, and um, they they almost fell out of our cart. They were hanging on by. Thread and I was like, oh, that's lucky. And Mikey was like, mate, they would have got returned. I thought he was joking. I was like, seriously? Yeah. And it was like, they, bro, they genuinely would have got returned. <laughs> no, then, then well, just while we're on a few uh, random topics, um, the the Curry Club down there at the Rebels has been getting a lot of media attention. I know, um, yeah, we even think Fox Sports travelled down there to, to get stuck in with, with the Curries, but you have formed a rival club. Is that right? Is it Biscuits or something? Yeah, so we had, um, we actually haven't done it for a few weeks, but we had a cookie club going. So, Every Tuesday night, there, I think there was one of the young boys um, who's in 20s and then Sione Tuipolotto and Campbell Magne would come to my place and we'd bake a different type of cookie every week and play board games or cards or watch a movie or just chill out every Tuesday night. It's a good way to spend a Tuesday night. Yeah. Your, ma- your mothers would be very, very proud of these wholesome activities. <laughs> yeah, well, generally, like our weeks go Monday, Tuesday, big days, and then Wednesday off, Thursday is pretty small. So it's a bit of a celebration of getting through the, I guess, the the tough grind part of the week and um, good chance to just, you know, spend time together in a bit of an easier environment. And yeah, it's good. It, it is good. So yeah, that's a good reminder. I've got to get it back up. What, what's your signature? It's Tuesday. It what, is Tuesday. It's correct. Tuesday, mate. What's your signature cookie? Um, we do a good, I do a really good white choc chip and peanut butter one. Nice. Oh, yeah. Which was something I'd never had before, but if you if you do it right, it's pretty hard to beat. <laughs> I'll look up the recipe. Brent, bringing you yeah. back to the here and the now, Jack, uh, big big game this weekend uh, against the Waratahs and, and clearly didn't get the job done last time. So um, what's the message has been this week? Um, I think we just haven't sort of tried to get caught up in who we're playing. Obviously, the Tars is traditionally a pretty – you know, big game, um, Melbourne versus Sydney. But I think we're just excited to be where we are and, um, you know, we, we've, we've got a pretty good opportunity to compete in our first final series ever. So that's been a lot of the focus and just, you know, I guess bringing the best version of ourselves. So a lot of the focus has been on us and how we can improve our game from the weekend and also the week before um, when we weren't so flush against the Bulls. So, yeah, I think we're, we're we feel like we're sort of, Peaking now, we're getting a few guys back as well in the back row. So with Jonesy and Issy. So um, yeah, we're just excited to go out there and have a good crack, and you know, hopefully, do all we can to get into the finals. Uh, Jack, I'm a real stats man, and uh, I've got the last ten results in front of me. In fact, if you go overall, it's the Waratahs fourteen wins and the Rebels two, and only one win for the Rebels at Amy Park. So, so let's not you, scare him now. Hey, no, I... no, no, no. I'm interested. No, you, so, so the the deal now is, you know, forget about what's gone in the past. This is all about uh, this Friday night, and um, it's all about uh, making sure you you reach the he's, quarterfinals for the first time, mate. He's trying to get into your head because you'd be marking his son, won't you? You on the you're going to be opposite <laughs> wings. <laughs> yeah, I think. Um... Like I didn't, I wasn't even aware of those stats. But so, what is that? Fourteen, fourteen two, yeah, yeah. So I think you know, in the sixteen times we've played each other, um, how many times would the Rebels have been ahead on the ladder? So I think, like that's a, I think the the clubs have changed. You know, we've come a long way in the last few years, and you know, I guess things like that used to sort of 
might have gotten into our heads and we would have been concerned about that. But I think as a, as a club, we've taken a big step in the last year or two. And, you know, I really feel like, you know, those those things, although traditionally we haven't had a good record against certain teams, um, you know, we're, we're a different side now. Mate, uh, Willie, what chance of playing on Friday night? Um, I think he's pretty good, to be honest. Like, I don't I, I don't sit in on his concussion tests and stuff, but he seems really <laughs> normal and stuff. So, yeah, I think he'll be right to go. We talk a lot about that combination, Will Genia and Quade Cooper. Uh, we know how good that is. But, gee, the combination between Quade Cooper and Jack Maddox this year has been pretty special as well. You must be enjoying being on the back of, uh, on the end of that back line. Yeah, definitely. I think the whole back line, to be honest. Um, every, like, I think our style of play really suits the players we have in our team and you know it's sort of a more fluid style so players are allowed to you know sort of get in and have the confidence to you know have full license to go and want to get their hands on the ball even myself as a winger so um when you've got good instinctive players you know especially in in those you know key positions like nine and ten um as an outside back it just gives you full license and opportunity to you know sort of go sniff out opportunities and I think they're good enough or they've shown that they're good enough to get the ball to you, you know, when you're in space and stuff. So it makes it easy. Jack, I know you said that you had all evening to spend with <laughs> with us before we were on air. Yeah, cookies to bake. But, um, look, very much appreciate talking to you and, and best of luck come uh, come the weekend and, and uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll find out whether or not the Rebels can get the business done at Amy Park. Yeah, hopefully we can get the bitchies. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me. Cheers. 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 Jack Maddox from the Melbourne Rebels. Jack Maddox, 22 years of age, and he's played 33 times now for the for the Rebels. 19 tries. What about that uh, strike rate? So uh, good to have him on the uh, the podcast. And uh, the Rebels up against the Waratahs. Uh, as we look ahead to uh, the games featuring the Australians in particular this weekend. Uh, my prediction is that uh, the game will be eight points or less. <laughs> what gives you that funny idea? <laughs> <laughs> the Waratahs, can they get across the line? It's going to, going to be uh, tough, isn't it? The, the Rebels blew it at the SCG. They, they had the game in the bag pretty much, and um, the Waratahs, with their experienced players, just edged their way back into it. And as we know, uh, they were able to, uh, to come up trump. So uh, I, I'm just hoping the Waratahs just, uh, you know, Throw caution to the wind and uh, and have a crack. It's going to be very interesting. The uh, the rebels have had to um, travel back, so yeah, tight, a tight one in Melbourne. Yeah, and I think the rebels haven't necessarily handled pressure all that well in the last couple of years. Um, they're still behind the Brumbies um, on the ladder, and now people are going to be expecting them to beat the Waratahs, who, as you pointed out to poor old Jack before, they've they've had the wood on them. And it, it, there is, even though on paper it might not be, there's that history of you know big brother, little brother sort of stuff. So yeah, I, I expect it to be a very competitive game. Um, definitely eight points points or less. Um, but gun to my head, I would have to say the rebels take this one out. Willie G, I think the fitness over him, we'll find out that over the next 24 hours or so. So by the time that you're listing, you might know whether or not he's on the field. But he is so valuable to that side. And if he isn't fit, I would almost lean towards the Waratahs. And if he is, then I think the Rebels. But there are so many exciting matchups in this week. And people thinking, oh, OK, you know, the Waratahs, their season's done and dusted. Well, it might be. But there, there's Wallaby caps out there. There's World Cup spots that are up for grabs and you look at the, the matchups there you've got Quade Cooper against Bernard Foley I think Foley got the he, he got one up about a month ago or so at the SCG um, with clearly the back row is, is open at six and eight particularly so Luke Jones coming back you see Nicerani those guys up against potentially Jack, Will Jack Dempsey start yeah, Jack Dempsey or, or Ned Hannigan so there's there's so many crucial matchups and, and clearly another big one is, is Haylett Petty against Kirtley Bill yeah an interesting part of the Rebels game um, in the last maybe month or so is their set pieces really come on they're like, well their line out's been good all season Jeff Parling's doing a terrific job um, with that department, but uh, their scrum, um, the Sunwolves, okay, they don't have the scr- strongest scrum um, in the competition, but they absolutely embarrassed them um, at the weekend. But they did the same to the Hurricanes. Uh, they clearly had the the wood on them, so they're not the biggest names there in the Rebels front row. But I think as an eight, they're performing really well. And, and Jordan Ulysses as well, um, great to see him back on the park. Yep. He's he's looking in, in great nick. Um, he's a, a big big unit, and I think he he only needs um, a few. You know, with, with Tolo out of the reckoning, he only needs a few strong performances here to be right 
right back in the rugby championship frame. And don't forget the matchup at 13 because um, if uh, the rumour is true that the uh, Wallaby selectors are wanting to see more of Reese Hodge at outside centre, he might be up against um, Adam Ashley Cooper and uh, the Wallaby selectors want to see what uh, AAC's still got in the uh, in the tank as well. So, uh, so many matchups there. So, looking forward to that one on Friday night at Amy's Park in Melbourne. The Brumbies, they've got their destiny in their own hands at the moment. They're on top of the Australian Conference. They're no longer a one-trick pony. Okay, Falafanga has scored 10 tries as a a hooker from pretty much rolling malls, but, you know, Tavita Kurandrani was just sensational the the other night. And and I've got this feeling that the Brumbies are still holding a little bit back. I think they've got a few tricks up their sleeves that they don't have to roll out at the moment. They're just doing enough, implementing a few little moves here and there. And uh, taking on the Sunwolves, well, I feel for the Sunwolves. They haven't won a game at home this this year and it's going to be tough against the Brumbies who know that they have to come away with a bonus point victory to to really cement their their place on top. Yeah, it looks like the Brumbies are timing their run nicely. Last year they started slow and left their run too late, but they, they were playing incredible football at the end of last year as well. So I think that, yeah, the, whatever they're doing with their um, fitness, strength and conditioning stuff, I, I think they have set themselves up quite nicely for this uh, run home now. And, yeah, the, the back row just phenomenal, obviously, the sad news with, with Poe today, but uh, guys are just stepping in there. and, and Jerome Brown has and been outstanding. Tom Cusack, Pete Samu had a brilliant game on the weekend against the Bulls as well. Like that's a, yeah. They're playing as a complete side at the moment, which is, I think, the most pleasing thing. And I think Powell and Liliofano are playing as good as they ever have together as well. So, yeah, the, the stars... Rory Arnold, I thought, was great the other night yeah. as well. We, we've got a, uh, quite a bit of depth at, at lock as well. And, and uh, you know, you look at that that front row with uh, Anger and Scott Co and... And Alan Alalatoa, who's been sensational, which is not a word you use to describe a, a, a tight head usually, but um, he's been doing the doing the job for for the Brumby. So I reckon it's um, going very well indeed for uh, the men from uh, Canberra. So that's uh, going to be one on Saturday afternoon to uh, keep an eye on. And what about Saturday night at Suncorp Stadium? The Reds they just had white line fever in the last 10, 15, 20 minutes against the Chiefs. You know, at, at some stage. Bryce Hegarty had to sort of take control and and and, and try it out wide, but um, and as you know, the last play they were held up over over the line. But um, you know, I, I was surprised last week uh, they didn't have Karevia, they didn't have um, Fayaway Sortier, and there was all this talk that um, you know it was going to be a, a rebuilding game for them. But uh, they almost did it in the Waikato. Yeah, it was a very one-dimensional game plan, obviously. But I I almost think they had to play that way. I I didn't necessarily mind it. Like they they had a lot of success playing that way. Yes, there might have been one or two opportunities there. But overall, I think they came in with a a pretty smart game plan. And just you got to credit the Chiefs' incredible defence as well. But yeah, unfortunately, this uh, Hagwada's unit. I I was out there at the weekend, and they were singing and dancing on on the way out of there in the game. They just they seem like the happiest camp going at the moment and having the time of their lives. Chalk, well, it's, chalk basic, it's basic, but uh, they've got the team to, to do the basics. You know, they're well, all internationals. Or well, last week, there were 20 out of the 23 who had played test rugby. Phil Kern said, uh, no, get rid of them. You know, this is a provincial competition. It's not a uh, well, what an, do, an international competition. What do we think about this? Would you guys have them in there? Uh, well, I, I liked Morgan Turanui's uh, reply to uh, to Phil Kern's on uh, Super Rugby Rap on, on Monday night on Fox Sports. He said, uh, when we're dishing them up, we love having them in the competition yeah. when they're dishing us up. It, and they make the competition like it. stronger. Like, it's, yeah. a, it's a competition where we're losing top Aussie, Kiwi, South African players to Europe. Well, this is a, a team that adds real credibility and clout to it, I think. They do. And you're not wrong. And it is easy to say that, it, you know, from a, from people that have seen Phil Kearns and heard Phil Kearns over years going, he's very one-eyed or Waratahs-focused. And, uh, look... Uh, whatever side of your, the fence you sit on it, there are still some fundamental flaws, though, with probably the competition structure. And, and clearly that's that, that, that's not a, sh- a stretch of the imagination because we've gone from 14 sides to 15 to 18, back to, to 15 and now to, to 14 next year. So there's some serious issues. I, I think some of the points that were being made, Mark Eller made them in the weekend Australian about 
just the the time zones and just how helter skelter the whole competition is 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 I think there's some truth to be said around why is Argentina in the comp because of that I think it is it, logistically it's a nightmare and I don't think it helps the domestic product but there is no doubt in the world that Argentina is playing some brilliant rugby at the moment and it's great to watch them them play and enjoy themselves now there's no guarantee that I'll be invited back on the podcast so here's a challenge for you guys going forward whenever you get a player on from Super Rugby ask them whether or not they enjoy going to uh, to Argentina. I remember well, a former... In Tokyo as well, we heard Jack's thoughts, yeah. Yeah, I remember a former administrator when uh, Israel Folau was tossing up, will he go, stay or go from uh, AFL to, to Rugby League or will he come to Rugby Union? And the administrator said, do you want to go to Campbelltown or do you want to go to Cape Town? Do you want to go to Buenos Aires or do you want to go to Brookvale? Um something along those lines anyway. Uh, you travel the yeah. world, and, and I think uh, a lot of the players do appreciate the fact that, you know, that's what you play the game for. But, but you can do that. In, game. You, can, you can do that in international rugby as opposed to a provincial competition. Like, Well, hang on now. You've got 23 players playing, playing test rugby where, you know, uh, not everyone can be a, can be a wallaby. So True. we've got four teams. Um, but I'd be interested to hear what the players think about um, having having the Haguaris in there. Interested to hear the players. Interested to hear your thoughts out there, though, in the those listening to the podcast. So, so jump on either Twitter or on iTunes. Leave us a review. Tell us what you think and what yeah, you get, thought of. Get those five-star reviews going. Well, five-star, four-star, whatever, whatever star you want to do. Give us a review. Let us know. If the... Waratahs or the Reds are going to sneak into uh, the top eight. Uh, they're going to need, you know, a lot of the South African teams in particular to uh, to lose. So, Blues balls quickly in well, Auckland. Oh, I think you're going the Blues. I think give me the Blues. Pollard's not uh, not there, is he? No, so, yeah, no Pollard. Yeah. That, that's going to be a good result for uh, the Australian teams. And uh, Chiefs at home taking on the the Crusaders. So, um, well, the Crusaders are locked. Uh, well, over over, locked over, up. over in Suva. Yeah, in server, which That's is right, fantastic. Yeah. To, There's uh, been a couple of cracking games over the years travel, between yeah. those two sides up uh, up there. Sharks at home at Kings Park in Durban taking on the uh, Hurricanes. Oh, Sam Steen? Hurricanes, no no debate about it. We've got Dane Coles and Gareth Evans coming back, so things are looking good. Well, a Hurricanes win will help uh, the Waratahs and the Reds as well, providing yeah, the Waratahs and the Reds win as well this weekend. And the Lions and the Stormers, so the all-South African affair at, uh, at Ellis Park. The Lions certainly not as strong as they have been in the past. No, but... Well, they'll probably welcome back Malcolm Marks, who was rested last week. So that would be a big in, as well as if Warren Whiteley comes back. They were missing Ross Cronier last weekend as well during their defeat to the Sharks. So the Lions will bring a couple of people back. Lots to look forward to, though, this weekend. You're listening to the Fox Rugby Podcast. Joining us on the Fox Sports Rugby podcast all the way from the UK from Exeter Wallaby halfback Nick White Nick I know you've only got a few minutes mate but uh, how's the how's the, how are the preps going for the uh, big final against Saracens at uh, Twickenham on Saturday night yeah pretty good um yeah sorry uh, I had dinner with me but that'd be big blokes on the treatment table now making sure that big rigs are ready for the weekend because <laughs> Right, we're in ter- in terms of prep, we're going to need those big boys, um, you know, muscling up up front. Um, you know, if, I'm not sure how much you guys uh, know of Saracens, but they're an extremely big pack and very physical team. So, you know, we're just going to have to to front up. And um, yeah, I think uh, you know we kind of know what we're going to get from Saracens. They're a really good side, really physical, um, and uh, you know we just got to kind of show the best of ourselves, which we you know we, we didn't do last year in the final. Um, we're pretty disappointed. That was probably our worst loss of the whole year. Um, and, um, yeah, I just kind of um, felt that we didn't really, yeah, as I said, show the best of ourselves. So it's a little bit of a, a second chance and a chance for us to go out and show everyone that we are we are a good side. And, and when we play our style of footy really well, that we can, we can put it with the big boys. Well, it is live on Fox Sports, midnight on Saturday night, the uh, UK Premiership final. Uh, impressive form in the, in the semis. Exeter beat Northampton 42-12. to 12. Saracens down Gloucester 44-19. to 19. Saracens defending champs. And there's a big unit in that Saracens pack going by the name of Will <laughs> Skelton. <laughs> yeah, you'll take him on, yeah. won't you? Uh, hopefully I don't have to, but if I do, I'll, I'll kind of throw my stick in the spokes and see if I can slow him down. You'll be all right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he's uh he's been playing some unbelievable rugby lately. Um, you know, in the European stuff and then uh, in the back end of the the Premiership. Uh, you know, so he, he's going to be a really 
he's um yeah he, he's gone from being an impact player for them to to now being really a, a mainstay part of their pack and someone they really base their whole four pack around. So um, it's good to see him doing really well. Hopefully he doesn't do too well on the weekend. Nick, uh, Michael Cech has made uh, no secret of the fact he'd love to get you back um, to Australian rugby and, and, and as a you know Wallabies World Cup contender as well. Um, I know stuff's going on in the background, but what, what can you tell us, mate? Are you pretty keen to, to come back for next season? Um, yeah, pretty, uh, pretty keen. I've, um, you know, I haven't, haven't sorted out anything um, in terms of a club, but um, you know, I've, I've, I've spoken to Czech and, and Australian rugby and sorted out a, a way for me to come back after next season. Um, so that makes me eligible for the World Cup. So, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's something that I always want to do. I always want to go to a World Cup. Um, you know, it's good to see that my, my form over here was, is being rewarded. And, um, yeah, if, if it comes true, that's great. But, you know, I've, I'm just putting my hat in the ring and, you know, I'm, I'm just going to wait and see if I, if I keep playing well, then, then something will come. But if not, then I, I can at least, you know, die wondering and say that, yeah, I was eligible and, yeah, that I just wasn't good enough. Well, I hope you've got a good hat to throw in that ring. Uh, I, I know that I was trying on a few hats the other day down at the Great Ocean Road, and I'll tell you what, no hats look good on me, <laughs> uh, by the way. But <laughs> but you're you're about to go into a halfbacks meeting, um, and yep. and just There'd be a lot of chat in a halfbacks meeting. You wouldn't be able to shut anyone up. Where do you see the uh, the opportunities to exploit Saracens? Because clearly they're the European champions as well. Yeah, I think. Um... <laughs> to, to be honest, they're a pretty good side. There's, there aren't too many areas. Um, I think, you know, obviously, the set piece is going to be really important uh, in terms of get, getting field position up and down the field. Um, they're, they're kind of kick threat. They, they put up a lot of contestable kicks and they thrive off that um, loose ball from from those receipts. So I think we're going to have to be good in the air and, and good on the floor around those kind of, if there are some drop balls in there because they in that kind of transition from that, they're very, very good. So if we, those, those two areas, if we can really nullify that, I think we, we give ourselves a, a good chance and then just stay in the fight as long as we can. As I said, they're a big physical side if we just keep standing in front of them and, um, you know, just keep keep, keep knocking them back. Um, you know, as I said, we, we give ourselves a chance and, and, you know, we consider ourselves a fairly good attacking side as well, uh, which we've shown over here, yeah, over here or year. So, um, yeah, as I said, if we can just nullify those areas and then get into get into what we do and show the best of us, I think um, you know we'll be able to, to to be right there or thereabouts towards the end of the game. It's one win apiece between Exeter and Saracens this year, though. So, uh, what do you take out of that one victory you had against them? Yeah, I've been actually been pretty good over the last couple of years um, against Saracens. So. Um, yeah, you know, I think uh, we've got we've got a lot of confidence in that. You know, as I said, I think I think last year in the final we almost beat ourselves before that game. Um, you know, we changed a few things uh, before the game just because of the th- the threats that they brought. And you know, this year it's more about no, no let's just let's let's focus on us and let's let's show the best of what we can do and and put our game on them. And then at the end of the day, if if we get beaten, at least then we can walk away and go, you know what, we gave it a fair crack and 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 we showed what we can do and we did the best that we can. So um, yeah, I think. Yeah, that, and and as I said, that and the the confidence we got from we, we've done pretty well against them the last couple of years d- doing that. So um, yeah. I guess it's all going to come down to Saturday now. I'm getting a bit excited. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to get you in trouble with uh, your coach uh, Rob Baxter, but uh, how, how are you going for time? Do you have to rush off? Um, I've probably got two minutes. I've just been given well, yeah, the two-minute call. Okay. Nick, Nick uh, a lot of people from, from an Australian perspective will be wondering what's Nick White going to bring home to Australia and for the World Cup as well. What, what kind of elements of the game do you think you've improved um, since being away? Because clearly you were at Montpellier before uh, joining Exeter. Um, oh, it's, it's probably not so much of, you know, but I've really changed too much. I just think, um, you know, back home, uh, I think probably a lot of people didn't see the, the best parts of my game. I, you know, I consider myself to be a bit of a, a running threat. I had a good pass, and but a lot of people just saw the kicking kicking side of my game and uh, that was probably a lot to do with the way that, that Jake wanted to play the game in Canberra and, you know, I like all, all players, just, just play the style that's given to us, um, you know, and 
and I, I left looking for to kind of change that. Went to France, didn't quite get that. Joined a bit of a South African side <laughs> in Montpellier. So uh, did my best to get away from there and and, <laughs> and, uh, and looked uh, looked elsewhere and found that you know Exeter they played a style that I really I really wanted to play, um, which was you know they they, they keep ball a lot. Um, uh, they, they look to to run teams off their feet. Um, they, they want their nines running a lot. So since I've came here, um, that was something that that really excited me, and I wanted to explore. And I, I think over the last couple of years, I've I've kind of I guess got a more round, more balanced game, more more round game, and understand the game a lot better. And um, you know, hopefully, I can show people back home that there's 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 a lot more to my game than um, than, than I guess what the you know, the reputation that I had when I left. Nick, well, Nick, before we send you on your way, mate, are we able to uh, check back in here with you this maybe this time next week? And fingers crossed, you might be a couple of drinks down celebrating. Uh, Matt, I'll, I'll, <laughs> hopefully I'll be well, well, well um, <laughs> on my way. Um, and I'm not sure I'll be in this country, so <laughs> I won't be anywhere in Europe. Who knows? We'll wow. see. So, well, We'll see. The good thing, mate, is uh, yeah. uh, when you come back to uh, to Australia, you'll be uh, coming back with an Aussie accent. You haven't picked up a Pommy accent, so that's the that, that's um, the the top of the list for a lot of people, I think. But uh, all the very good. best on Not Saturday night. Into me, but, uh. Yeah, no. <laughs> get into that. Get into yeah. that halfbacks meeting and uh, boss them about. And give our regards to Dave Dennis, and uh, I'm not sure if uh, Greg Holmes is uh, fitting well and uh, being considered for the game. But anyway, uh, Julian Selvey's there, your defence coach as well. So all the very best, mate. We'll be keeping our fingers crossed on Saturday night. I will. I'll pass on the love to the Aussies here. And, uh, yeah, hello to everyone back home. Cheers, Nick. Thanks, Thanks mate. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Yeah, real uh, Aussie flavour at Twickenham on Saturday night to our time. And you can catch that uh, live, the... Uh, Gallagher Premiership, the UK Premiership final. Exeter up against Saracens around midnight. Um, going to be good to see him back. And, you know, we need as many players as possible, and especially guys with experience like uh, Nick White, 22 uh, test caps. And well, where is he going to end up? Yeah, well, I hope this podcast doesn't go out to South Africa, does it? He wasn't a fan of those South Africans, so uh, <laughs> fingers crossed no one's listening. But no, yeah, like you say, uh, quality players coming back just add so much, um, especially experienced players. Matt Tamur's going to be doing it, I think. Um, you've been making a few calls on it, Christy, but I think the, the Brumbies or the Rebels are, are in pole position to secure Nick if he, if he does come back. It looks like it. I know that Nick Watt's spoken to, to Dan McKellar, the Brumbies coach, a couple of times, and I think the Brumbies are very keen on, on bringing him back, and it's not necessarily to get rid of Joe Power because they just see a similar sort of situation as what's happened with James Slipper and Scott Seo. Just depth in the one position makes every player better. Um, Particularly halfback where, you know, such a high tempo position and if you bring a guy on normally with half an hour to go, they can make a big big impact. Yeah, but the, so the Brumbies are keen to, to have him, but the Rebels too are almost like they're considering whether or not they, they bring him in because if Will Genia, who's still not re-signed yet with the Rebels, if he is to go, then I reckon there's going to be a big push coming from the Rebels to, to bring Nick White there because he signed his Australian contract, but he's just got to end up with a destination at the moment. And if Will Genia goes, well, then clearly they're left with Michael Ruru, Harrison Goddard, uh, two guys that... Uh, competent players. Harrison Goddard's a, a, an exciting prospect and, and Ruru's played a lot of um, starting rugby, but Nick White clearly is probably a bit of a class above the two at the moment. It's going to be tough for them on uh, Saturday night at Twickenham, though. Saracens, defending champs, have won four titles since 2011. And, uh, you know, big Will Skelton le- leading the way there. And Farrell, you know, it's a, it's a champion team, he was isn't it? Voted the their pl- players' player, I think, for, for the year for, for Saracens. So it's a, it's a, that's well, it's, a great achievement considering the internationals that are in that side. Yeah, it's a real who's who of uh, World Rugby. Them and Leinster, they they bet in that Euro Championship. Um, Exeter, they're they're unfashionable club, aren't they? But they've um, had a tremendous record in the last few years under Rob Baxter and with you know the Aussies playing not a, a insignificant role over there. So yeah, they'll go in as underdogs, but I think they'll they'll thrive on that. And uh, yeah, I'd love to love to see them take it out. Shame that uh, Dave Dennis was on the uh, the medical table, Story yeah, getting of his some career. treatment. He was, yeah, he was probably we, having a feed out back. And this talk that um, you know he's now sort of uh, early to mid thirties that, that that he might actually sign on again and uh, and and keep playing. I mean, when he went over there, you know, he came off a couple of knee reconstructions, and everyone thought that body won't last very long. But uh, clearly, you know, the soft tracks maybe. Um, 
maybe helped him out a little bit and, uh, you know, good luck to him. Wouldn't it be great if uh, Dave Dennis can uh, can win a title at uh, this stage of his career? He'd better be in uh, good form because his father-in-law, Mark Gerard, the father of the Wallaby, Mark Gerard, is um, headed over there to uh, to he's be his, his lucky charm. So he's got a little bit of support in the in, in the stand there. I just uh, can't believe he put rehab before podcasting as a former podcast uh, regular. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> disgusting, Dave. Your pay's... <laughs> I'm going to ask for those uh, payments back that we gave you a few years ago. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully we can catch up with at least one of them following the final. And uh, look, are we going to see you back in the hot seat next week? Who knows? Might be McArdle back. He's performed all right. Uh, I think uh, talk to my agent. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you some oysters, Clucky. All right. Well, very best of luck to your team, whoever it might be, this weekend. And until... Nick. Can I just say to rugby fans in Australia, get out there. Melbourne on Friday night, it's the Rebels up against the, the Waratahs. And, you know, Waratahs need a win. Rebels need to keep this run going if they're going to make the uh, the playoffs for the first time. So get out there and, and support Australian rugby. And uh, the Reds are at home on uh, Saturday night taking on the Haguaris. If you haven't seen the Haguaris, well, they are one of the form teams at the moment. And this young Reds team needs to keep growing as well. And the Brumbies uh, are up in uh, J- Japan as well. So uh, they'll get a crowd anyway because uh, the Sunwolves fans turn up. So uh, looking forward to this weekend. <laughs>